0: Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. And in today's episode, I am joined by my co host, Junior Smith. And we will be discussing how to have hard conversations in relationships. relationships, there are times when we need to sit down and talk about the hard stuff. But sometimes we avoid these conversations because we don't know how to start them. We're scared of how the other person will react, or we hope the problem will just disappear. Sometimes we're even unsure about our own feelings and how to explain them. These kinds of talks can be really scary, but they are important. If we don't deal with the issues in our relationships, they can get worse and damage our connection over time. Junior and I have had plenty of these tough talks, and as time goes on, they get easier. Even though these conversations can be scary, they don't have to turn into fights. We want to show you how to handle them. In this episode, we'll share our experiences, both the good and bad, we'll give you tools you need, and a step-by-step guide on how to have these hard conversations in your own relationships. If you have been enjoying the content, please follow us on Instagram at Black Marriage Therapy. Rate us on your podcast platform and share your favorite episode with a friend welcome again to another episode of black marriage therapy we are so excited to be chatting with you guys about this topic on hard conversations i am not alone i'm joined by the one the only junior smith yay that was a good intro that was clean Do you want to get right to it? Cut to the chase? Right to it. Right to it. Let's get to it. Today, we are talking about having hard conversations. We've talked in the past about like conflict resolution and things like this. I think this is a step before conflict. Yes. Right? Hard conversations can lead to conflict. I'm yes. not going to sugarcoat it, but we're not talking about conflict here. We're talking about having these conversations in a good way so that it don't always have to lead to conflict, right? So we're going to jump right into it. First, we want to share with you guys, as we always do, our own experiences with having hard conversations in our relationships. They We've had good times and we've had bad times now the good times are more recent right because it takes practice and i think that's what we want to tell you guys it takes practice um so the good times are more recent and the bad times they were bad so do you want to start or do you want i to start with the good time you want to start with good yeah All so right, we, our, our most
1: recent hard conversation yes was in the car in the gym parking lot mm-hmm. um we spent like maybe an hour there talking and it was something that was not planned yeah yeah, because we talk on our way, you know, in the car to the gym. Mm-hmm. and We just ended up sitting in the car and talking about it. Yeah. And so it was a hard conversation for me. I initiated it. It's something that we've kind of talked about before in passing. But I think that time in the car was the best time we've ever had a conversation. I agree. So many great results. I agree. So for you guys listening briefly, I won't go into depth, but I was just having a conversation with Chrislyn. About some characteristics, some things that she does that I find to be boyish. Mm -hmm. And so that is, for me, a problem sometimes. And so, like, for example, like you admitted like being messy. Yeah. And so like having to like, you know, be in the house and like see your clothes in different places. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's
0: just,
1: (laughs) let's just keep it going. Okay. Keeping it brief, keeping it shallow. (laughs) Right, we're not airing dirty laundry here. No, okay. but I get the pun though. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it wasn't lost on you. Hope it's not lost on them. Okay, you should be chuckling right now. <laughs> But I think you received it really well. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because of the tools you gave me, the tools we've learned over the years yes. on how to broach these difficult conversations, yes. especially something that you think will be taken personally because it is personal. Yeah, And, you know, you fear confrontation or you fear hurting the person. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you said that really helped me have the conversation and open up and be honest. When you asked me the question, I, I decided to be honest and I took mm-hmm. a minute to ask myself the question internally And I came up with a response I think was authentic to me. Mm. But the reason why I even did that was because you said avoiding the truth and avoiding honesty to keep the peace doesn't keep the peace. Yeah. You actually create the turmoil that you're trying to avoid. Yeah. When you're dishonest. Yeah. And so that thought was what pushed me over the edge Mm -hmm. to, you know, to tell you the truth, tell you Mm -hmm. how I really feel, figure out how to say it the right way. Yeah. And then you know you received it so well.
0: Yeah. So I really appreciate it. I think that that was a really good conversation for me as well, especially hard conversation, because we're talking about habits, personalities, things that's kind of fundamental to me. Some things that aren't that can be changed. But I think what was different was not only the way I received it, but like I didn't take it personal. It didn't feel yeah, like it didn't feel personal to me. And I can honestly say that's because I have done so much work to love myself, to like, appreciate the good, the bad, the ugly versions of me. And I just felt like your, your opinions and what you had to say about the situation didn't have to make or break me. It didn't have to make me feel shame it like all the responses that I would have had. I didn't have them. And I just didn't take it personal.
1: Okay. So, so you're the reason why the conversation went so well, I thought it was because of my approach, but maybe it's my approach plus the work you've been doing on yourself.
0: I think so. No, wow. your your approach was good because I, I really appreciated your honesty. Like I really, cause I'm like, please just come out and just say it. Right. But the fact that I was able to take your honesty and be able to process it and not take it personal and really have the hard conversation, you know, it was, I agree that that was probably one of our best hard conversations that we've ever had. And you know, what's interesting about that conversation, we didn't have like a specific like solution at the end of that, but it was aired out. And I think that kind of organically we, I just started to maneuver in a way that needs to change without it having to be like additional conversations that doesn't always happen. But in this situation, I felt like I just, I don't know. It did. It did. It yeah. Did. I but it was like very organic. Because I was heard
1: and you felt heard. Yeah. And so just, I don't know, organically just moved towards like, oh, let me just do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, rather yeah. than
1: somebody going in thinking I'm going to start this hard conversation with my wife. Mm-hmm. I need to be heard. I already have solutions to give to her. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to enforce them. If she loves me, she'll do them. That's yeah. not the way you you have a... A hard conversation.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I I like that you mentioned that. I'm glad we started with the good. Oh, that's different. I like that. (laughs) So, but we also had bad times, right? So in our relationship in the past, especially when we were first fresh out, we don't really know what we're doing. We don't have a, a full understanding of ourselves yet. One of the hardest conversations that was, we had many failures with, was a conversation around sex. Yes. And I think that I think there was a lot of different reasons why we failed at this conversation multiple times. But for me specifically, I felt I felt nervous, or I felt like I don't know if nervous is the right word, but I just felt like this conversation is too sensitive. Okay. I felt like it was too sensitive. I felt like if I said the wrong thing, if I made the wrong step, like things just could get out of hand. And we would try to have the conversation over and over again. And I don't know if we were doing the same thing over expecting different results, but we just had so many failures. It took us. Oh my goodness. What? Five years. Yeah. I mean, I would admit for
1: myself, I'm I wasn't the right person to have that conversation with. Wow. So if you try, like you said, you did the work on yourself. Mm -hmm. If you try to have the right conversation with the person who's not the right person at that time, Mm. you can try to blue in the face. Yeah. They're just not going to be able to hear you, mm-hmm. and so I think it took me developing, mm-hmm. and it took five years for me to develop. Ooh, that's not the truth people want to hear about it's marriage. It's not. It's it took not. five years. It's some not. things go quick. Some things take take time. Yeah, and so I took my time on that one.
0: Yeah,
1: and when I developed and I had a better understanding of you and of sex and like all, when I had a better understanding in general mm-hmm. of myself, even. Yeah, we had the conversation again, and it was productive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you want to hear more about our experience with sex in our relationship, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, we both have episodes on sex. So you can kind of get more context. We don't want to explain everything here, but you can definitely understand more because we have a episode from my perspective and the things I've learned. And we also have an episode from Junior's perspective and the things that he's learned over the the course of 11 years when it comes to sex. So that's two episodes that you can go to get more context about what we're talking about. But uh, sex was definitely one of those hard conversations that took us a, a while to get right. And when we finally got it right, and like what Junior said, I think it's a combination of two things, like the approach being good and then the person's Reception of it. That's when we really were able to have breakthroughs. Where it's just like, I feel like we've transformed our sex life in a way that's like, oh wow, this is this is what I've always wanted. You yes, know, yes. Um, hopefully on your end too, because I'm speaking for both of us. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> sex
1: is good. Compliments to the chef.
0: Okay, see, you just made it awkward. So
1: I do want to put in a disclaimer though, right? Because you're talking about these success stories. Yeah. When you go into a hard conversation, I don't want you to expect. It to be resolved in one conversation. Okay. I don't want you to go in expecting success. We're going to even create a solution mm-hmm. right away at the end of this conversation. I don't even want you expecting for them to fully agree with you or even understand fully like, oh, you know. That's that's really good. Yeah. Don't go into the hard conversation thinking we're going to have this 30 minute chat. Mm hmm. I have a couple ideas. They're gonna have a couple ideas. Or we're gonna make it work.
0: Uh, that's actually in our how-to at the end. Okay. Expectations for sure, because yeah. there's anything that I learn, That is it for sure. Expectations, yeah,
1: they rob our joy. Like most of the time, it's your it's your expectations.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. I th- I agree, and I think there is a level of patience that we have to accept when it comes to marriage because we're dealing with human beings. Yeah. We're not dealing with robots. We're not dealing with, you know, we're, we're dealing with real human beings and things take time. And I think that's hard to hear sometimes. And it's a reality that some people, it's hard for them to accept. I know for me, and, and this is a little bit tangent, but I think it'll make sense. I think for me, it's like being a teenager and them telling you like, hey, you know, just slow down, take your time. Yes. Right? You know how annoying that is, how painstaking it is. And sometimes with marriage is the same thing because you have like old heads or OGs or a relationship coach, therapists, whatever, telling you like these things take time like that one conversation that you want resolved in. You know, hey, we need to do this in a weekend. It might take five years. Can I tell you the truth? Mm, tell them. Can I tell you the truth? That's what they're here for. I want to be able to tell you the truth that, like, there are some things in marriage that just take, like, needing, working. And I'm going to be the bearer of bad news and say, sometimes it's not in a weekend, sometimes it's five years. And that's just the truth of it. Okay. We are living testimonies of those things. So, oh. We want to help you get started. We want to help you set a foundation. We want to help you learn how to practice these things so that when you practice well, you make progress. And that's what we want to help you do. So for the next section of this podcast, we are going to talk about the things, the tools that you need in your arsenal to have hard conversations. Then we'll move on to the how to step by step. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So as we're going over the tools, I want you to have the right mindset. The reason why you have to practice having hard conversations, um, things that are not addressed. Come on. Fester. There, there's no way to get around it. Avoiding does not help you at all. And somebody said, I, actually, I just saw a video on Instagram. It said, it takes more energy for you to avoid the thing that you need to do than just doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> It takes more energy to avoid it. First of all, they were reading me for filth because I struggle with like avoiding things. Like if it's hard, I'm like, ah, I just want to avoid it, right? So that's the same thing with having these hard conversations in your relationships. It will fester, it will stink, and it will permeate it will come up. They Things don't disappear. They just transform into different things. Ooh, come on. Right. So if like you have a hard conversation about sex or about division of labor or, you know, different things and you're just ignoring it, you ignoring it and you're ignoring it. And then you're trying to realize, why are we disconnected? Why can't we communicate? Why resentment. can't we, why, why do we have resentment? Why are we being rude to each other? There is a conversation that needs to be had, right? And the next, the second why I would say is that Sometimes hard conversations is the breakthrough that your relationship needs. Yes. There is like, you feel like you, you are in this like uh, uh trench in your relationship. You're trying to like, you're rocking, you're trying to get over the hump. Like what is going on? Like, why can't we move forward? There may be some honest, hard conversations that is literally holding your relationship from thriving. I can tell you for sure, because it's so ingrained in me, in year five and six in our our relationship, we had the hardest conversations that we've ever had in our entire relationship. And from that moment forward, our relationship has been completely transformed. Like we are thriving. We feel like we are connected more than we ever been. And what's crazy is that it's not that hard things stopped happening, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not that we didn't go through job crisis and financial we had kids and hard things kept happening but our connection, our communication, all these things, our sex life it got better. It was able to thrive. We were stronger because we actually talked about the things, the hard things that we needed to address. So that breakthrough, that thing that you're looking for, that vision you're envisioning for your relationship may be um it may be held By hard conversations that you need to have. Okay. So tell us some tools that we need to have hard conversations.
1: Yeah. And so I'm going to list some tools here, but don't worry. In step three, when we speak about how to have hard conversations, we're going to go more in depth. Okay. But right now, this is just a checklist for you to go over. Okay. You don't want to explain a little bit. I can explain a little. I mean, we're we're gonna be talking about it in depth when we get to step three. I can explain a little bit.
0: Yeah, let's explain a little bit. I like I like a little details. Okay.
1: So so these are hard conversations, right? So you can guess the first thing you're gonna need is a little patience. They call hard conversations for a reason. It's not, hey, babe, can you pick up the kids? Mm. Right. It's not. You know, it's a hard conversation. So that means there may be something attached to it, right? Some feelings, some hurt some resentment, which is big hurt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some fundamental differences, fundamental differences, Mm -hmm. right? There's something attached to it. That's making it a hard conversation. Yeah, You're going to need patience. Okay. And hopefully as you have the hard conversation, the person who's a recipient is also patient. Yeah. Right. And that leads to my my next point. You need curiosity. And that's on both sides. Curiosity. Because as you go in to have the hard, hard conversation, there'll be a time where you stop talking. You zip your lip and you have to listen to what the other person has to say. Yeah. And in order to keep from getting defensive, because they may have some hard things for you. Mm -hmm. You think you're the only one walking in with something hard to say? Mm -hmm. Their answer. Yeah. Might be just as tough for you to receive. And if you're not really curious, right, about how they feel in the situation. Yeah. If you're here to win. Mm. Not ask questions Mm. Not trying to figure out What's going on On their side of the world Yeah This hard conversation Is going to get a lot harder Yeah And even for the person Who's receiving Who's on the receiving end Mm -hmm. They need to be curious as well Right That keeps them From being defensive Mm -hmm. They're also trying to uh, Peer in and see Your point of view Mm-hmm. So hopefully if both of us are curious, mm-hmm. we can ask questions rather than making assumptions. Mm. You can't come in knowing, thinking you're right. Or you can't knowing come you're in. right. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're coming to win. Yeah. But when you come curious, you're trying to um, gain more understanding mm-hmm. from your spouse, which mm-hmm. is what you need. On top of curiosity, you need empathy. And so a lot of people think that empathy or validating somebody's emotion means I agree with you. They mm-hmm. think if I listen to you, and i'm listening and i'm validating i'm agreeing with everything you said yeah 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 that's that's empathetic that just means whatever you did and how you reacted is correct and i agree with that that's not what that means yeah right empathy is not putting yourself in the person's shoes empathy is putting yourself in the person's emotional shoes so how do they feel can you think of a time when you felt that way as well Mm -hmm. oh he feels clowned oh she feels not safe Mm -hmm. oh you know can you think of a time when you felt that way Hold on to that feeling and use that feeling to be able to connect to how they feel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so we need to be empathetic because it's going to help us be patient. It's going to help us be curious. Mm -hmm. We need to be empathetic. It's going to help us connect to them because in reality, we're having this conversation, this hard conversation. It's about a thing. It's about an issue Mm -hmm. that needs to be resolved. But it's also really about us. Yes. It's still about us
0: yes we still need to
1: hopefully we can still connect yeah at the end of this conversation yeah hopefully i'm not going my way you going your way because we're talking about sex or we're talking about money or the issue is going to be the issue but it's really about us without empathy you're going to go into the conversation with with the wrong idea Mm. right and you won't be able to connect after Mm. right and then that may be a self-fulfilling prophecy for Mm. the next hard conversation you need to have oh i don't want to do it because Mm. i tried to solve the problem and we I went my way, she went her way. Mm-hmm. You need empathy. And here's the last thing I would say that helps with empathy. They all kind of string together. Mm-hmm. And that's a change in perspective. And so this kind of, I'll explain this a little bit, but we're going to get into more detail. Okay. That's As good. you're hearing the person explain themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a point in time when you zip your lip and you have to hear from them. You're trying to connect to the feeling that they're giving you, mm-hmm. right? And if there's some things that's said that hurts your feelings, because sometimes... The conversation goes pear shaped. Sometimes a person <laughs> attacks you. No, it's true. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always going to be beautiful. It's a hard conversation. Come on, it's a real conversation. Yeah. Right. What always helps me not flip out is changing my perspective. So, for example, if you say something that's hurtful, I am at that moment processing what you're saying and trying to figure out where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Find the hurt. Mm-hmm. Find the the wound mm-hmm. that's really speaking. And that helps me, like, okay, well, I can disregard that. And so, kind of changing perspective really means taking a look at the wound and trying to figure out where the hurt is coming from, because that's what's really speaking—not
0: your wife, not your husband. I think that I would add to change perspective. For me, not taking it personal is changing perspective. Okay, like so, as you're speaking and you're, you know, saying your piece, even if it's about me, my my change of perspective is like. I don't have to take this personal. I don't have to make it about me. I don't have to make it about how he feels about me, how he sees me, you know, he's voicing how he feels and I can just leave it there and address it from that place instead of taking it on like a coat, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's another way to change perspective. Yeah. That's good. So, so those are the tools you would need And did you mention vulnerability as well? We'll just mention that and move on. We need vulnerability as well. You (laughs) need vulnerability. Okay. So I'm going to
1: big this one up a lot. You cannot have hard conversations Uh without vulnerability. That's just it. It does not exist. So if you know you struggle with being vulnerable, you know, go ahead and find another podcast episode that talks about how to be vulnerable.
0: Mm. And then
1: come back to this one. Yeah, it is a prerequisite. You need to be vulnerable. Right. And if the other person you're speaking to is not as vulnerable, of course, you put in some safeguards there. Yeah. But you still need to be vulnerable. Yeah. You can't close up because they close up. Yeah.
0: Sometimes your honesty will lead to their honesty. I think I'm so glad that you said that, because when it comes to hard conversations, there is it's so interesting because it's a dance there is a level of care compassion and empathy that you have for your spouse but there's also a somewhat level of a distance so you have to be able to say your piece fully without like having to like receive something from it like you still have to be able to do your part yeah. and we're going to talk more about that so i don't want us to get too too lost in that so let's move on to our what we're here for which is how to have the hard conversations we're just kind of going to go step by step and um, of course we're going to put this information in the show notes if you need additional information and also we put our resources there any youtube videos any articles that we find that we believe will be useful to you um, about this topic we put everything in our show notes so you can find it there as well look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. um So I'll start, because I always start, <laughs> with the same... Thing guys, okay, broken record here, self-awareness. <laughs> That's the first thing that we're gonna talk about. And the way we said it here is really, I think we wrote it here a little bit harsh because it says, get over the fear of rejection, conflict, <laughs> vulnerability, worrying about the outcome, like things like that, right? And I can sum all those things up in self-awareness. There is a level of work that you that needs to be done. In you in order to have successful hard conversations. Caveat, having hard conversations can help you do this. So I'm not saying that not to have hard conversations just because, you know, there are certain things that's working out. It takes practice. Yes. And sometimes practicing it, take, it helps you reveal those things that you need to work on. For example, when we had hard conversations, I would often like have a shame reflex. And I didn't know that. Until we kept having hard conversations. I'm like, why do I keep responding in this specific way and having these specific feelings and thoughts? And after some time, when I recognized it, your job, this is the self-awareness part, is to work on that thing, right? I had to go back and learn more about myself. Why do I feel like I have to... I feel shamed when we have this conversation. What is it saying about myself? Asking myself those questions, reading some books, listening to some podcasts, watching some YouTube videos. And that helped me to get to a place where when Junior approaches me with conversations that are difficult, it doesn't feel personal. It doesn't feel like I have to, I'm a bad person now. And like, oh, like I have to feel shame and things like that. So the first thing is definitely that self-awareness. And when you get those things that show up in your conversations pay attention to them work on them i like that you know because it's gonna it's gonna help your conversations to be better i actually like that point that you just made because if you're keeping
1: track of yourself throughout the whole conversation you're monitoring yourself you're looking out for ways that you could possibly derail the conversation Mm. you're looking out for ways that you know of how you're being affected by what the person is saying So you're monitoring yourself so you're doing the best that you can at least Doing your job to make sure that this hard conversation is successful, Mm -hmm. right? And doesn't end in confrontation. Yeah. Which is good because people think they say the thing and then they leave it and then it's up to the person to receive it. Your job is not done. Yeah. Especially if you're self-aware enough to know that there's some things in this conversation that could incite, you know, different emotions and feelings in you. Like shame. The second thing is figure out what you have to say, right? You tell people all the time, a big mistake of communication is not having an internal dialogue. Not figuring out what you want to say. Not putting your finger on a specific emotion. Yes. Right? People just, oh, I'm angry. Go further. Go past that by yourself. I mean, sometimes you work it out there in conversation. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. But if it's a hard conversation, can you do some extra work? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just Just to make sure you're clear. Right? Because the more clear you are, the less potential for hurt that there is. Yes. Okay? So have the conversation with yourself. You mentioned practicing, right? Helps us have these hard conversations. Practice this conversation. Figure out what it is that you want to say. Mm -hmm. Practice it. Have the conversation, the full conversation with yourself, right? And as you practice it, you'll figure out exactly what you're trying to say and how to say it in the best way. Mm -hmm. And understand that there may be a misunderstanding there. Mm-hmm. You may do all of this and the person may still misunderstand you. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. We may just need another conversation or it may need to be at a different time, mm-hmm. which leads me to my next point, mm-hmm. which is set the environment. Once you've figured out what you want to say, you know what you want to say, set the environment, set the right time. Mm-hmm. I like to make sure I give space for hard conversations. Come on. It's not 20 minutes. It's not 30 minutes. I need to give enough time to be authentic to myself and say what I need to say. Yeah. And then give
0: Chris enough time to be authentic to herself and say what she needs to say as well. Mm-hmm. So some bad times are when the jits are around, when the kids are around. When the around. kids are around, <laughs>
1: on the phone, FaceTime. I make sure I plan enough time yeah. to have a conversation. And the environment, listen, I'll tell you this. The first thing, and you'll tell me if this is true. The first thing the receiving person is thinking when you start a hard conversation is, am I safe? Mm. can i really say what i need to say mm. you just here to beat up on me mm. you just here to hear yourself talk so when you set the environment is really important right so that they can be disarmed mm-hmm. and this can be a productive sesh mm-hmm. rather than it being one person closed off so setting the environment is super important mm-hmm. coming in getting rid of your judgments getting rid of your
0: assumptions and setting the environment helps to you know, for people to start at a, at a low level, right. You want everybody starting at zero, not at 50. If you come in and you're trying to tell me like, Oh man, you're so messy. And I'm in the middle of making dinner or in the middle with the, you know, battle with my three-year-old, I'm like, get out of my face yeah i'm already at 50 yeah right and hard conversations we're not trying to sugarcoat it they do have the potential of you know conflict yes. we're not going to sit here and lie so it's it's important that start it as best as you can start at zero if that means after the kids are in bed or you know maybe you guys take a walk you know like the environment is really nice and safe and calm um so the next one I can, I can do the next go ahead, one because the, the first two that we gave were like pre conversation. Yes, stuff, yes, Right. Yes. So that's the doing some self-awareness stuff and also having the conversation with yourself. Like what emotion, what thing do I want to get across? How do you want to show up in this conversation? Exactly. How do you want to be presented? How do you want to present yourself in this conversation? Yeah. I just, sorry. I just think that thing is so important. Getting to the meat and potatoes <sighs> of exactly how you feel. It just cuts through so much fat and honestly, I feel like most of the time, no matter how hard that statement is, it resonates with the other person as true and genuine. And it's it's received well. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even even if even when it's hard. Yes. So yes. Um, so yeah, we talked about right time and place and setting the environment. The next thing is setting expectations. We talked a little bit about yeah, this, did. so I'll briefly say this. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that the conversation that you you speak with your spouse, it can lead to conflict. I mean, we just have to be honest about that. Let's be real. It right feelings could get hurt. We don't want feelings to get hurt, and we don't want to you know fight because conflict doesn't have to equal volatile. Okay, conflict doesn't have to equal like fighting and aggressive it's just conflict which means you guys are just rubbing right but it doesn't have to be volatile another thing when it comes to setting expectations is that it may take a couple more conversations and that's an expectation that i need you guys to know that like it may not be resolved or or it may take a conversation with an outside mediator
1: you had the conversation it didn't go well Mm -hmm. you had the second conversation it didn't Mm -hmm. go well Mm -hmm now you're thinking about bringing in somebody yeah now you're thinking about okay we need to
0: have a mediator we the 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 thing is is just like we're not going to sit here and lie to you and say like try to make you guarantee like oh yeah practicing hard conversations is going to make things easier no it helps things get out in the open It, it let us know like what's in front of us what we need to work on right but it doesn't mean everything's gonna be peaches and green Mm -hmm. And we have to let you guys know to set the expectation that, listen, this is a practice that we need to do in our relationship, but that doesn't mean that everything that comes from it is going to be good. That doesn't mean there's going to be understanding right off the bat. It may take some time or some effort and some feelings might get hurt in the process, but it's still a necessary thing to, in order for us to have a healthy relationship, like going to the gym, right? There's some pain, like you go to the gym, it's not all soft and you just do one rep and now you have biceps and abs no you gotta have some pain you're gonna have to like fail right you know how sometimes you're doing a rep and then you fail mm-hmm. i sound like a gym buff right now but it's hilarious you know you're doing you're in a the rep season if you're <laughs> you are a gym buff you're doing a rep and then you fail because it's just like it's really heavy that happens and that's okay but we keep going why because we know that in the end, it's going to benefit us. We're going to get that atone body, that healthy heart, whatever that thing is. So it's the same. I need you guys to think of it in the same way. A failure or a misunderstanding or a mishap or another conversation does not mean that you failed at having a hard conversation. It means you're going in the right direction. Wow. Just keep going. And the next one, I'll do the next one. Mm -hmm. which is when you are having this conversation, because now we're in the conversation. We're talking about steps in the conversation. Now we're in the conversation. We're in the conversation. Okay. One tip is to sandwich the conversation, right? And Junior calls this honor, truth, honor, which is you want to start with honoring your spouse, right? Telling them the good things, how to, (laughs) I I don't, it's not flattery. It's not flattery. Okay. So listen, you don't even have to do honor, truth,
1: honor. You could just start with honor. You don't even got to put honor at the end.
0: Whoa, it's nice. Mm.
1: Listen. (laughs) No, because look, we want to go right into it, right? Especially if it's a hard conversation. Don't ask them about the weather.
0: Yeah. but that's not
1: what we're saying. What I'm saying is when Um. you start with honor, you help the person see that you see them. Yeah. Okay, so a hard conversation with Chrislyn... Uh, an example would be like, hey, babe, I see that you're doing a great job with packing the lunches for the girls on um, the night before and you're doing a lot of work, hard work with getting them into the car and on school on time. I do realize that I've asked you to bring the milk back inside the house when Eve or Eden doesn't finish the milk in the car. This is real. It's Yeah, I would go in the car and I would see this explosion of curried milk smelling stank in there. And I'm like, just take the cup out the car and bring it into the house. But of course, she's like Shots. ripping and running. And so start with a little honor. I know that you're ripping and running. Mm. I know that you forget some things. Yeah. I know that you're trying to remember this. And they got a million other things for, for drop off in the morning with the yeah. kids and stuff. By the time you get home, you probably go to the gym. You probably run some errands. You forgot that milk is sitting back there curtain. Yeah. And it don't smell bad yet. But when I get in the car to go to yeah. pick up, yeah. I notice it. It's there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? And plus the bottles, when it curds in there like that, it makes it get mold faster and we got to buy new bottles and all are of them.
0: Are we having a hard conversation right now? No, we're not. It's an easy conversation. Mm, okay. So yeah, so then I start with <laughs> a little bit of honor. So she sees that I see her. Yeah, it disarms me. Okay. It'll disarm any person because yeah. even with you. It's you not know? flattery. It's not flattery. That's the thing. We're not saying like sit there and be like, oh, yeah. No, for real, for real. Like if it's a situation where I'm like, I'll honor him like, hey, babe, I appreciate you taking out the trash but this and this and this yeah. you know it's you, just it, it's disarming
1: and you're not finding random compliments think about right. what's going on that you're talking about yes. think around that yes. what yes. could make it difficult for that person to not be doing anything you're asking yeah. them
0: to do come on that's good it's babe. not random compliments
1: yeah okay yeah. you're asking about you know tidying up think about what's causing the person not to be so tidy yeah right? that's that's
0: empathy and compassion that's really
1: empathy right it there. really is oh you're ripping and running you're not yeah. as
0: Oh, okay. I see you ripping and running. Yeah. I still need you to do this though. Yeah. That's good, babe. It is, it's still a sandwich. If you want it to, you can add honor at the end. <laughs> Dude's like, you don't need to sandwich it. No. But yeah, I mean, after you tell them that truth, you know, you can go into like, I, you know, I still see that you're doing this. How can I help? What would it look like for me to help with this? Or, you know, what do you need? How can we make this happen? You know, things like that, whatever. Oh, can I do this one? Do all of them. <laughs> The next, cause you stole my, my sandwich one, but that's oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think you explained it better. I did though. Okay. I'm okay with that. The next one is be kind, but don't beat around the bush. We call this being assertive, right? When it comes to hard conversations, I strongly believe that it does not have to be volatile, You can have hard, difficult conversations without yelling, without screaming, without sarcasm, without passive aggressiveness, Mm. all those things. Right. And it's still going to be a hard conversation. So this is being assertive. This is using I statements, taking accountability for your own feelings. You can't do this part unless you had that conversation with yourself to understand your own feelings. Right. So you don't want to beat around the bush because it just makes it more frustrating. Okay, so you're going to be kind. So Junior wants to tell me about being messy. You know, he's going to be kind about it. But at the same time, what is the specific thing? Don't say like, oh, you know, sometimes I walk around and, you know, I see a cup here and I'm like, oh, wow. Why is that cup there? Please. (laughs) Hey, babe. I feel that when you leave your clothes around, it makes the house look disheveled. It makes the house look unkempt, you know, and and I I don't it, it I don't feel comfortable in my home. Okay. Right. That's I'm just giving you guys an example, right? That's that's assertive language. And you're able to take accountability for how you're feeling. You're to, you take that responsibility. So be kind, but don't beat around the bush. Yeah. The next one we mentioned
1: before, I'm going to breeze over it, is being curious. I think being curious is like what helps maintain the conversation, the hard conversations, Mm -hmm. right? Because we were sitting in the gym parking lot for an hour. Yeah. For an hour because we were so curious about each other. Mm -hmm. We just kept digging in to each other more and more and more. Things kept coming up, coming up, coming up. That's true. And then I finally got to it. Not that I didn't do the work previously to think about it, but mm. it's a lot more information coming in when you're actually in the conversation. As I'm talking to you, I'm learning more about you. I'm learning more about me.
0: Mm-hmm. But we
1: stay curious. It keeps the conversation alive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Once one person shuts off like, oh, I get it. I know you. Mm-hmm. I've come to a full understanding of the situation mm-hmm. now. I have all the information to process and make a decision. Mm-hmm. The other person now can't give any new information. Yeah. They're not feeling heard. Yeah. You shut off all communications. Mm-hmm. You walk away. You're probably going to judge them. Mm-hmm. You probably don't have all the information. So staying curious keeps the conversation alive open Mm -hmm. it keeps it uh going deeper Mm -hmm. okay and if you want that if you wanted to go deeper stay curious Mm -hmm. you can even encourage your your spouse to be curious what does that mean you're asking questions you're asking questions to to seek understanding seek understanding you're seeking understanding you're asking questions asking questions it shows respect you're not assuming so automatically you're showing respect because you're asking questions yeah right you even ask hey can I ask some follow-up questions about that that's showing boundaries. If they're not comfortable to, to express that right now, they don't have to give an answer right here and right now. Mm-hmm. You show respect for their time. Yeah. Right? And as you ask questions, you're giving them the chance to talk. So you're
0: encouraging dialogue. It is a lot of stuff to stay curious. Yeah. Staying staying curious in conversation. You keep yourself humble. Ooh. Because yeah, and I'm um, humility is super important in relationships. <laughs> Let's just talk about it real quick. But you you keep yourself humble because you're not coming in thinking that you have the right answer. There's a lot of things in relationships. And actually, Esther Perel talks about this. I'll link that video. She talks about how one of the hardest thing, one thing that she sees in conflict is that people come in thinking they're right. That's like one of the main reasons why conflict persists, Yeah. right? There's a level of humility that you have to come into with conversations because especially when it has to deal with another person, they're a human being. You cannot make them form them in a way that you want them to be. You know what I'm saying? I would say
1: this. Even if you feel 99.999% sure that you know what's going on in the other person, Mm. going in thinking that, It's the wrong expectation. It's setting it's setting you up for failure. Mm -hmm. Please, even if you feel like you know, we know our spouses, right? Oh, she's just busy. Even if you feel like that's what's really going on, please come in still
0: with with humility. Please come in still with curiosity. Please still, Yeah. yeah, right. And you you open up the dialogue in order to learn something about the person, right? Maybe if you were right, but you didn't know why you were right. Yes, you didn't see any underlying reason that. Breeds like that, builds connection. It makes you guys stronger. So, going in with curiosity is like golden for sure. The next one, which I will, I love to talk about, is active listening. All the things that we're talking about when it comes to a hard conversation, you have to be present you have to be mindful. You have to be here in the conversation for the conversation to work, right? Put your phone away. You know, don't try to think of a rebuttal or response in your mind while while the person is talking. Be in the conversation. Eyes, you know, lock eyes. (laughs) And you don't have to do that. But I'm just saying that's just one way to show that, hey, I'm present. I'm listening. As you're speaking, I'm receiving, I'm seeking understanding. You know, as you're talking, I'm like, oh, okay." get curious about what they're talking about, because that's how you really seek understanding in the conversation. This these type of conversations is very much a dance. Yes, it is very much dynamic. It is not like stagnant, like point A, point B. There's ups, there's downs, there's flows, right? There's emotions that get high sometimes that don't mean stop. That don't mean stop. Sometimes you gotta keep going, and then it'll get real low, and then you'll connect. It, it, it really is a dance, right? So active listening is a part of that, and and
1: I will say this: my next point, and active listening will help you determine the next point. Mm-hmm. When you're listening, you're figuring out how the conversation is going. Yeah, are they receptive? Are they defensive? Yeah. Oh, did I learn something that I need to learn about? Right. And as they're as you're listening, you're like, oh. Is this conversation not going anywhere? If it's not going anywhere, stop and come back. Yeah. You don't have to work everything out, you know, before the sun sets. Come on. I know it's a verse there, but...
0: (laughs) Is there a verse?
1: Yeah. Don't go to sleep angry.
0: Is that for spouses, though? Yeah, it is. Oh, really?
1: But still, like, if you're not going anywhere, you're not making it better by just talking to your blue in the face. Yeah. Right? So you need to be, you know, paying attention to how the conversation is going. You need to be listening. Mm -hmm. Right? And in, in the worst case scenario, let me just say this, let's say the person is not taking it well, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> At that time when you're listening, you're realizing, oh, okay, I this person is not taking this conversation well. We need to exit this conversation. Mm-hmm. We need to table it. I need to protect myself sometimes even, mm-hmm. right? Or I need to, you know, listen for the wound. What, what What are they really talking about? So now let me just go ahead and... And, and try to get that person to recognize that emotion. Let's talk about what's, what's going on in you. Mm-hmm. Apparently something that you haven't said that now is coming out. It's not the right conversation for it, but I'm still your spouse. So let's talk about that instead. So active listening is super important, mm-hmm. right? There's no reason to, to start a conversation and then turn your ears off.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but you mentioned stopping if you need to and then follow up after.
1: Yeah. So it, yeah. Yeah. So the follow up after is important. The follow up. So if you guys are looking for a solution, right? Hopefully before the conversation conversation ends, you guys negotiate a solution, yeah. right? You guys are both talking about what you want to give and what you want to have accomplished. You guys are negotiating that. And then I think a big part of negotiating is coming at it as a team. We, how can we, what can we do about?
0: Come on, we, 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 we like we, the French say.
1: We, 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 well, me. <laughs> And so now you have recognizing your accountability yeah recognizing what you are going to hold yourself accountable for mm-hmm. in this whole situation what are you responsible for right did you not set them up for success were you not clear about it mm-hmm.
0: were you not offering support mm-hmm. right Recogn- sometimes sometimes that break help you figure it out too yeah for like, sure that's why you got to follow up because you may take a break and then think about it but like hold on wait I didn't say exactly what I was trying to say, or I don't know if he heard me or she heard me. You know, maybe I should come back and reiterate or or you know rephrase exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But
1: if you guys were able to reach a negotiation, which does yeah. happen, right? Mm-hmm. Congratulations, first of all. Come on. But the follow up is where you guys are holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. So now you're following up on whatever you're holding yourself accountable for, whatever you're holding your spouse accountable That's for. That's good. That's good. Right. So you're like, oh, we said this. This was the goal. How are we doing on this and that? How am I doing on what I said I would do? Yeah. How are you doing on what you said you was going to do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And of course we can end with, listen, it's not always perfect and ask for help. If, if you guys are having hard conversations and it's hard, right? And you're practicing and, and it's difficult and you need some type of outside perspective just to help you guys work through the humps and the lumps of that conversation, ask for help. Relationship coach, Junior and I are relationship coaches. We are available, <laughs> but also a friend, a pastor, a therapist, you know, somebody who you trust, somebody who is for your marriage, your relationship, and not necessarily pitting you two against each other or, you know, yeah. you wanna look for somebody who really cares about, you know, the health of your, your relationship, cares for the both of you guys, and can help you guys work through the conversation. Yeah. So the last thing that I want to talk about is how kind of the differences with men and women. I do not like doing the men and women thing, but there are specific things where there is a difference, patterns. right? There are, there are patterns. patterns, yes. We're, where We're in this field. Yes. We're telling you the patterns we see. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, women and men having certain complaints about this. And I'll say specifically for women who typically are the ones. And now this is research, Okay, and I'll find it and I'll put it for you guys. This is research. Women are the ones who typically bring up the difficult things in relationships. It's true. Okay, the things that they're like, huh, we don't do quality time enough or, you know, our sex life is kind of drab or, you know, whatever. Women are the one who typically bring these things up and women often are the ones who feel shut down. They feel like, you know, I'm bringing this up. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to have the hard conversation. And, you know, I'm just like being ignored or not being heard or, you know, things like that. Now, I still want you to try to implement the things that we talked about here specifically. And I think that might help the conversation. But Junior, can you help us when it comes to men who aren't receptive? Like, I don't know, any advice, any tips? I just think speaking as a man, I think hard conversation
1: scares me Mm. and I think, you know, I would shy away from it because I don't know what could happen. Right. And it's the truth. You still don't know going in what can happen, but I think preparing yourself for it. So an episode like this, Mm. if I was to hear an episode like this, teaching me how to do it, that fear of the outcome may still be there, but because I know what to do and I know I can prepare for it, I feel more comfortable with having a conversation, even That's being good. in a conversation. If I find myself in a hard conversation, mm-hmm. I know what to do to, for it to be success. Yeah. Almost like studying for a test. The test is scary. The ACT was scary for me. SAT was scary for me, but I studied, I did well. Right. And so I think an episode like this, teaching men and women how to have hard conversations, I think it's going to be a great help. Like you said, it's just facts. You can get mad at the facts if you want to, but yeah. a lot of men are not Having these hard conversations, mm-hmm. or even participating when a hard conversation is brought to them, mm-hmm. and I think just having a better understanding yeah. of what's what's going on, of how to find success, yeah. and how hard conversations really strengthen your relationship. Think about it: you don't have a good relationship with anybody you're not vulnerable with. Yeah, anyone you have you haven't been through things with. Yeah. You know, sometimes these are people you've cussed out before, not at your best friends, <laughs> big emotions with. Right. That's true, so that's true. if you're afraid for things to get emotional or you're afraid for yourself to get emotional. Hey, man, do the work, do the work on yourself. Do the research to find out how to improve. Right. Because avoiding it. Yeah. is It's going to cause problems to fester. It's going to do the opposite of what, what you, you want. Think yeah. And it's
0: peace. Want Men want peace. Um, I want to encourage some of the ladies out here because I've been where you might be right now, which is struggling to bring up this thing that is causing problems in our relationship. And like I mentioned before, those first five years when it came to sex, I was the one who kept bringing that conversation up and like it, it, it was difficult. I want to encourage you even if you're exhausted, to keep going. I know that sounds like, girl, slave type stuff. But it just really is, I think, the truth about relationships. And I'll say also, now the encouraging piece, I think, is as you are trying to work this thing out, keep working on yourself because it is going to benefit that conversation. You know, it may take some time. There may be a lot of resistance, but keep working on yourself in the meantime. And and I, I think it, it helps in the end. I also want to be fair to men in this conversation as well, because I think that women typically do bring up the hard conversations, but I think that men also have a hard time bringing up hard conversations. It's not that they don't have disputes or displeasures or things that they see they want to fix, but they feel for some reason they can't bring it up or it's wrong to bring it up. Right. And this is a pattern. Often men just suffer in silence because they also don't know how to have hard conversations they don't know how to bring up that thing like for instance with junior and and the messiness or the boyish habits it's like you tell me more about it because I'm just like why wouldn't you tell me like you know and so I do want to be fair to men in that where it's like yes women bring it up often but there's also things that men want to bring up but they feel like they can't they feel like they can't yeah Yeah. no
1: for sure I think for me and just speaking to about myself personally Mm -hmm. just knowing all the work you've been doing on yourself was what was the biggest deterrent for me to tell you oh you missed a spot Mm. you're doing all this work on yourself to learn to love yourself and you know you know get over shame you know abandonment all that other stuff Mm. and really come into who you are Mm. and i'm like about to tell you three things i really don't like about you (laughs) (laughs) and we're doing all this growth in our relationship and Uh i'm growing myself yeah but i'm finding out that you know this is something that's bothering me i want to say it but i want to say it right and so i think you know after a while i was like you know what i think i'm causing more harm than good And if i just say it to her i can trust the growth that she's done in herself come on that this conversation will be productive yeah and it was and of course the growth in myself to learn how to approach the topic Mm -hmm. um helped as well yeah and so yeah i just really i want to protect you even from me oh wow and sometimes I, i you know i get it confused that i can suffer in silence and it'd be okay But in reality, that's just going to come out um, hurting you and the kids. So, you know, I have to be authentic to myself. And that takes work. That takes work. But honestly speaking, when I begin to think about what I really want, it comes quickly. I find the words that I need and then I just practice it. It comes quickly. What I need to say to you comes quickly Mm. when I sit down and take the time to really think about it. So, yeah, I'm encouraging men out there, bro. Sit down, take the time. I give you credit as well. Sometimes it feels like you can't bring it up. Not that the fact that you don't want to, but you can't. Yeah. But I encourage you to push past that for sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we talked a hell of a lot. I hope that you guys received something from this episode, that you learned something from this episode. Of course, we want to leave you with a quote And it is by Peter Bromberg. And it says, when we avoid difficult conversations, we trade short-term discomfort for long-term dysfunction. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.
1: Peace. Peace.